There's no denying it, chatbots are a thing. If you conduct any kind of business online, you've looked at or thought about introducing a chatbot. And if you spend yourself any time online, you've no doubt encountered one. But the problem with chatbots are, for the most part, they're implemented poorly. You know the experience, you ask a couple of questions, you fall slightly outside of that decision tree that somebody built, and the chatbot doesn't know the question, and you've got to send an email. And the entire experience makes you feel a little bit flat. It's a bit like if we go back to the early 90s and noughties with those phone bots and trying to get through to the bank and get to the right department and you found yourself screaming down the phone because they couldn't understand you or your strange Australian accent. But right now we're living in a world where we all have a smartphone with some kind of voice bot in our pocket. We have a Google Home or an Alexa device in our kitchen in our bedroom. So we know this is where we want to go. We just want to make it a good experience. And that's what we're talking about in today's episode how to build great chatbots, what makes the difference, and how to use them in your business, not just for customer service, but also for business and marketing. Welcome to Fractal Marketing. My name is Jared Doyle, and this is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to grow their company through smarter marketing. The goal of this podcast is to provide you with marketing tips, strategies, and insights that enable you to grow your business. You'll hear from fellow entrepreneurs who share their learnings and insights on how they grow their business. But you'll also hear from marketing professionals who'll give you easy to execute marketing advice. And of course, you're going to be hearing from me. You might be an accountant, a graphic designer, a recruiter or a startup founder. But if you're the best kept secret in the industry, then your business is just not going to grow. Let's get into this episode. So Sean, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Gerard. This is going to be an interesting chat because we're talking about all things chatbot or AI or messenger chat. And there's lots of different frames that people put on this, but this is Sean's bread and butter. This is what his business Bot Hello does. So maybe the best way to start, Sean, is you can pitch us what Bot Hello does. Yeah, absolutely, mate. So Bot Hello is a conversation design agency and bot development platform. We design and build conversational AI applications specifically on Facebook Messenger to help consumer-facing brands automate customer service, sales, and marketing functions within their business. Okay. I love the opening. That felt like it came straight out of a marketing, <laughs> sort of all the big buzzwords at the start. That's it. So I'm thinking the market is growing. You know, the buzz about this is growing, but I think the buzz is growing faster than the actual adoption of the technology. And, you know, people listening to the podcast are typically business owners or in control of pretty much everything they do when it comes to the business and the spend. Why do you think at the moment the buzz, or maybe I'm wrong, but in my opinion, the buzz is going faster than the adoption of chatbots. Why, why do you think that is? I think it's because the chatbots that exist on the market haven't taken, to an, haven't taken into account the user experience. A lot of developers today come from software engineering backgrounds, and they tend to focus on the technical capability of the bot itself, rather than the design, the flow, the copy, the language, how much it's going to actually relate to the end user. So a lot of experiences that people use aren't really built for that target demographic. They're built to solve a problem within the business in a very technical and functional way, but it is not a fun or user-friendly experience for the person actually using the chatbot. So the adoption, I think, has been low as a result. The experience isn't great, so people aren't going to go back and use it. So we're trying to change that narrative a little bit by focusing on the user and developing solutions specifically for who will likely engage with the chatbot. 
I love that as a positioning statement because I think about who in my mind your competitors are and the tools that I've used badly. And mm-hmm. I think to myself, you know, why did I use them badly? What was the difference? And, and you've sort of clearly articulated there that what you're doing is around the user experience. It's about how people engage with it. So look, I, I can agree with that. I I think everybody who's listened to this has had a bad chatbot experience, right? And it's almost, it's, I guess in some ways, chatbots are becoming that overseas call center problem where you go to a website, you click and you see chat, and you think, great, I'll chat to someone and then it pops up and you can see a bot. I get a real cringe, right? Mm. And is that is that because that experience just hasn't been mapped? They've kind of gone, hey, let's just put our FAQs in there and hope we can match a few things. Is that is that the problem? And that's where you've positioned your business? It's, it's tough because there are so many different channels and platforms you can build conversational experiences on and different platforms are suited to different needs and different demographics. We've chosen Facebook because I think it's one of the best in terms of how they visualize a lot of the copy and the assets. It can have dynamic content, images, videos, GIFs, emojis, and that alone is super helpful for us to be able to communicate effectively the answer that the the user is looking for. I think it's when when it's purely text-based, like the ones you would have experienced on a website, it can be uh, quite difficult to communicate an answer that requires a visual attached to it when it's purely text. So I think Messenger as a platform alone gives us a significant advantage when trying to develop uh, friendly user experiences. Yeah, look, I love Facebook Messenger, not because of like what it does. I love it as a marketer because it's persistent. And mm-hmm. so for me, when I think about where this is going to go, and I think about the money companies might spend on intercom or other bespoke chat solutions, the problem is I leave the business. You know, I, I leave the website, I leave that environment and I'm gone. I'm, I'm not there anymore. And and my yeah. anecdotal story is, is a Brisbane-based hardware company that's trying to think of the name of them they got all the cheap stuff anyway they got an office in milton and i was buying something and i had to go pick the kids up from school and so i was in that situation where i was chatting and then it was do you know what i've just got to go this wasn't with a bot i think it was with a human i'm pretty sure it was with a human anyway (laughs) and i had to leave and then i just sort of joined the school queue and it hadn't occurred to me that the website where i was chatting was on facebook and then they kind of pinged me and of course it's on messengers on my phone i was able to continue the chat and they were able to close the sale with me no longer on the website and for that simple reason i I just go that just means facebook wins like messenger on facebook just wins so i mm. i think that's a, that's a good reason for you guys to use it but you know what's that's one reason why someone might use it but i'm wondering what, what are the main problems that you see like what are the problems that a business has when they come to you and they're thinking chatbot because obviously there's like you said there's the techie side which is i just want to do it because it's cool but in terms of solving problems what, what are the key kind of problems that you have that come to you when you're sort of winning business absolutely i think the biggest one for us is volume so a business is receiving a large volume of inquiries and a lot of them are repetitive. So really they're looking at a spreadsheet and mapping it via a matrix and copying and pasting the canned response to the question that gets asked. And that's someone's job 40% of the day, copying and pasting answers. A lot of our customer service-based bots are simply automating frequently asked questions. So for us, that's a real hard, tangible Cost saving for the business, if we can take out two to three hours a day across three to four team members, that for them, I think, is most enticing is that almost instant return on the investment once we can automate those repetitive queries. And another one for us. What about the, you go. I was going to say, what about from, the, I'm a marketer, right? Yeah. So <laughs> although customer retention is important, and if I'm doing 
final metrics I should care about it. But I do tend to gravitate towards like new customers coming in. Yeah, <laughs> Do people come with that problem? Yeah, for sure. I, I think Messenger is just a, a new shiny tool for marketers and, and social media managers to test and, and utilize as a way to draw a new business. Attached to a Facebook ad, they're extremely powerful because you can hyper-target your users through the custom audiences and lookalike audiences. But on top of that, you can begin to personalize the offers, the services, and the products within the messenger flow itself. So based on the audience that's opting into the experience through the Facebook ad, you can then design bespoke flows that speak to who they are as a person, where they live, and potentially what they're interested in based on what they've clicked on. That's really interesting. So I I must say, like, you know, for people listening, you do their own Facebook marketing, you get in, you start a campaign, you've got all the different objectives. You could be doing leads, you could be doing clicks, purchases, awareness, reactions. But Messenger is one of those options. Mm-hmm. And so this opens up a whole avenue of people who like to chat on Messenger. And what you're saying is by normal Facebook funneling of interests and demographics and persona, we're able to actually drive them to a bot that's pre-scripted to be sort of set up for that exact experience. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Down to the persona, whether it's gender, age, preference, you know, demographic of where they live, we can really target anything within the bot itself and not just the the offer, but the copywriting, writing to target a specific age group or a specific style of writing and personality. You can get as granular as you want. It's just based on how much effort you're willing to put in and, and how badly you want to target those people. Yeah. So, okay. So I'm running a campaign. I'm thinking I want to target different age brackets. So Mm -hmm. let's just say I'm running a business. I'm trying to get people to fill out wills, for example, right? So yeah, okay. I might have an older audience, but I might have a younger or really young audience. It's going to vary. So I can change the language. Is there, and that's great. I'm just wondering, does age change the way people interact with bots? Not just the language they use, but for example, baby boomers less likely to chat to a bot or they're more likely because they don't know it's a bot or that's, that's me, you know, picking on Sure. But you get the idea. Like, are there, are you seeing different results from different age demographics? That's a great question. We haven't done any age based analysis on the success of the chatbots. I think for us, we've been trying to just design experiences that people come back to again and again without really using any further metric to differentiate whether or not it was successful. But I can definitely imagine that the structure of the bot and, and how you instruct the users themselves as they go through the experience will be important based on what age that particular user is because it can be a a really confusing environment for a lot of people if they're not used to chatbots within Facebook so you've got to kind of lay it out for them uh, depending on their experience with that particular application. Yeah and I guess that's where you've ended up with if I understand correctly sort of a hybrid agency product solution simply Mm -hmm. because you say well yeah okay if people just don't follow standard process, right? We, we all lived, well, most of us lived through the stage of voice prompted selection decision trees. And, and everyone had that experience where it was just awful. You know, you had to say, you know, what suburb are you in? Say your city or whatever it was. And it was just a bad experience. So bad that, you know, comedy shows were centered around these kind <laughs> of frustrations, right? And bots in some way run the risk of going into the same, falling into the same trap. So is that why you've ended up, or, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that why you've ended up with sort of a hybrid agency where you're sort of layering that human intellect over the top to say, actually, there's more to this than just a decision tree. You've actually got to be really experienced in understanding all the different ways people might interact and, and what their reactions might be. Have I got that right? I think we're discovering that more and more. So I come from a consulting background. I spent a lot of time with 
different clients, industries, users we had to deal with throughout the projects. And it's very much about understanding the needs of the customer and the needs of the client. And I've taken that mindset to our client engagements and applied a design and user-centric lens to actually understanding as a human using that particular experience, what would they expect in terms of copywriting options to select from and instructions from the chatbot versus someone else using it. So I think that's just been baked into our not only service offering, but the brand of the company itself, because a lot of our competitors in Australia and overseas spruik the technicalities of their machine learning model and, and how NLP can help save X amount of dollars and, and time. But really, it's the customer who uses the bot who's going to give you the feedback on whether or not it was useful. And that for the business is most important that the customer is happy and that they've received the answer that they need when interacting with the chatbot. And, and it's just something I didn't quite follow. There was an NLP. What does that stand for? Sorry, that is natural language processing, which is a subset of machine learning. And it helps us understand the intent of the questions being asked through the chatbot. Right. Okay. And, and I'm guessing that's a volume-based thing as well, right? It's not something you should, you can't, you can't have, you know, 10 customers and, and machine learn something. Is that a fair assumption? No, we, we design and create the data set prior to the bot engaging with the user. And we do that through a historical analysis of all the questions that get asked in the inbox. So we will literally go through 200 previous questions and copy and paste every single question into a spreadsheet and then categorize them based on topic and then rank them based on frequency. So that gives us a, a base data set to work off when building the natural language processing model. So when the users do interact with the bot for the first time, it's already trained. We also backdate all of that data through the new model so that we can assess the accuracy of the model before we launch the chatbot. Oh, very cool. Oh, I love the idea of that. If that makes sense. Yes, no, it does. <laughs> I, lo I love that. I think that's, yeah, in my mind, it was kind of like it starts and it's like a newborn baby bot and it's got to work everything out. So yeah, I love the idea that you actually educate it based <laughs> on, it's, it's very much based on like the way humans work, right? <laughs> we learn from our parents. It's like they take all yeah. their knowledge and try to pass it down. So love that. I'm keen to dig the next layer down and put my acquisition marketing hat on and understand what's the point where somebody has for want of a better description, opted into Facebook Messenger. So, you know, I believe or understand it that Facebook has rules. There's certain things that you can and can't do. There's certain points where you can message somebody and chat with them. There's points where you can't. There's ways they opt out. I'd love you to just delve into that a little bit. Sure. I might play a bad cop here and go, okay, let's say I want to get as many people to open up a chat window and start chatting with me. So I run a Facebook campaign. Lots of people click on Start Messenger. What have I got at that point? What's my rights and what's my opt-in rights as a marketer? When someone's opened up a chat window, have I got anything? Do I own that person in chat or do I have to get a little bit more engagement before I kind of own the connection, so to speak? Yeah, great question. And this is a space that Facebook keeps changing. I think every couple of months they put out a new policy as to what you can and can't do, what data you can collect and what rights the users themselves have. But from my understanding and from what we've been told by Facebook recently is that when a user interacts with the bot, whether that's through a Facebook ad or pressing the get started button in Messenger, that's essentially opting them into the experience. And then we can engage with that user over a 24 hour window. And then after that, we have if the user doesn't engage within that 24 hour window, we can send one more additional message. So there, I believe the rule is called 24 plus one. And that kind of gives you some guidance as to how many messages you can send that are almost like unsolicited through the bot. And that's getting a lot stricter. And I believe that window might even disappear so that every chatbot developer and every marketer that, marketer that uses Messenger will have to use the Facebook ads platform in order to send out any 
messenger EDMs or broadcasts. So ah. it's all shifting towards a paid system, unfortunately, but not surprised. You are going to apologize on behalf of all marketers. <laughs> Whenever we get our hands on something, we ruin it and we will do the same thing to chatbots. Yep. But yep. that's an interesting that's an interesting path there because this is classic Facebook, right? Get people using, understand how it works and then work out how to plug it into the ad model. So just so I can recap. Mm-hmm. So someone opens up a chat, I start chatting with them. I've got 24 hours to engage with them in a normal chat relationships. But then... I must say, I thought you basically, once you'd had that window open, you were able to message those people a bit like an opt-in email list, but you're saying, we don't know 100%, but we're pretty confident that you get one more message after 24 hours to try to re-engage that person. But after that, that window through the API to initiate another chat or send another message, that shuts down. Yeah, from my understanding, that's the case. You can't send any additional messages unless the user has messaged the bot. So every time the user will interact with a feature or an asset within the bot, that 24-hour window opens up again. Right. Okay. Well, that makes sense. I mean, you know, look, the last thing people want or Facebook wants is a whole lot of people getting really annoyed that they're they're locked into these bots. Mm. Now, I've seen from a user point of view that there is an opt out. So even if I start chatting with one of your bots and then I decide I've had enough, I can opt out in the chat window, can't I? There's a way I can do that. Is that correct? Or is it built into the API? Is it built into the interface? What's the way that that works? Yeah. In the top right hand corner of Messenger, there's I think a tick icon. And if you click that, you can turn the messages off, which essentially blocks the chatbot. However, I think in terms of best practice in conversation design, you should always give an option to opt out or to cancel any broadcasts or messages. If you do send one out, so say if you send out a bulk offer to every user that's ever engaged with the chatbot, that offer should have a button that says unsubscribe or stop just so that there's no complaints or reports sent through for the chatbot. Yeah. And so just on that last bit, you say bulk message out to anyone who's ever, but what you're saying is you can't actually message out to everybody who's ever engaged with the chatbot. Is that right? Sorry, the ones who have engaged with it within the 24-hour window or, you know, oh, right. yep. whatever the maximum number of users you can target through that period of time. So let's. So when I start to engage, just thinking about the privacy side of this, both from a, a user, I want to be private, and then from a business marketing point of view, I want all your information. So what what mm-hmm. do I, what's the exchange? I open up a chat. What, what kind of things are you able to pick up from an API like normally and how far are people pushing that? So what I mean by that is, do I get... Can I get record like first name, last name, location, IP, Facebook URL, email? Like what flows in that initial interaction? Yeah, they've really tightened what you can and can't receive from an API point of view. From my understanding, it's the first name, last name, gender, and profile photo. Everything else is, is blocked off. So you have to either ask it in a question or get them to fill it out in in some kind of conversational form. Right. And is that, yeah, okay, that makes sense. I thought maybe you'd get the Facebook, someone's profile URL. Not that I know exactly what you'd do with it. I guess you could be, you know, collect those, but yeah. Actually, you might. Yeah, I think the URL is also included in there. And then, okay, and then you're saying, so then the next stage is, okay, I want to collect more data. So are there forms and elements that are baked into Messenger or do you just do it through conversation, which is, hey, just you know, Jared, can you tell us your email address and we can look up your details? What's the typical flow that people do there? Yeah, absolutely. I think you can you can choose one of two ways. The first one is a conversational form or survey or questionnaire where you're asking the user a question and they're responding with the answer and then that answer gets stored in a database. That can be a bit tricky because when the bot asks a question, the user might respond with, oh, that's a great question or like, oh, sorry, I don't want to answer that. And then that gets stored as the location. So you need some rules in there that guide the user towards the correct answer or some form of validation that can tell them, oh, sorry, that doesn't look like a suburb. Could you please try again? 
Then the second option is creating like a web view form where they just fill out fields and that just uh, gets sent to a database as well. Right. And just to sort of close off this marketing, I guess, set of questions that I'm asking. Sure. So you sort of alluded to the idea that Facebook's going to be moving more towards, yeah, look, now we've got this, we've matched up these people. Now they're all dumped into Ad Manager. And if you want to reach them again, you can, in the same way that they say when you get all your fans on Facebook, it's like, yeah, but we're not going to show your post to anybody, but you can if you target them through Ad Manager. And you might not know the answer to this, but are people who interact with your messenger, are they saved in, are you able to save them in a custom audience and then and then retarget them with other advertising later on? Or you know, how is how is Facebook making the leap from you know a chatbot into their ad manager platform? Like what, what are the connections they're making both in data and, and options to retarget? Sure. From our end, so we've built our own platform and, and we collect whatever data we can through the API. And if we want to target a subset of the audience or the group that has messaged the bot through the Facebook ads platform, we export that list into a spreadsheet and then upload it to the ads manager to create our own audience. So it's a bit of a clunky process, but I believe some platforms like ManyChat have begun to build that in as a function within ManyChat itself. So you can you know, more efficiently do that and, and just press one button and then it jumps into your ads audience through the Facebook ads platform. Right. So, yeah. Okay. So getting them to, to chat means you know, maybe you can't blast them back you know, a week later with messages, but it does mean you can create a custom audience with the Facebook IDs, they match it up, and then you're able to ring, even if it's just, you could re-engage them with product ads or whatever you happen to be doing, but that's the sort of window. Yeah, okay. Look, it's Mm. it's a different way to create a custom audience. And I think potentially you could do all sorts of things. Like I could see, you know, creating bots around all sorts of interesting questions that people might have that are in some way associated with a product or service, which then allows you to create an engagement and that engagement then can lead to retargeting and hopefully sales for a business. So it's an area that I, I must admit I've not had much experience with, but I'm kind of excited about the idea of exploring that to see what else you might be able to to get out of it. Because, you know, look, customer service is, I can see as being a sort of an open and shut case. It's basically, were you able to successfully satisfy some customer service questions and, and as a bot, it's going to be cheaper than a human? Great, thumbs up. We're really happy with that. From a marketing point of view, there's probably a bunch of different things that need to be worked out. And like you said, Facebook keeps changing the rules. So it's going to make it interesting for marketers. You don't want to overinvest and then find out a week yeah. later, oh, the rules have changed. It doesn't work anymore. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a tough environment to work in because it does keep changing. However, I think they're moving it into a direction that is is more suited for the user and protecting the user's rights and data. As as Mark presented in his last F8, you know, the future is private within Facebook. So they're doing what they can, but who knows what's actually happening behind the scenes. Yeah, we're all a bit cynical now, aren't we? <laughs> so looking forward to chatbot and the whole industry you're in, what, what do you think is the next frontier for the industry and your business? What, what's everyone sort of striving to achieve? Yeah, so I look at the conversational landscape in three phases. The first one being text-based conversational apps like Messenger, chat windows, WhatsApp, Line, Twitter, etc. The second one being voice. So Alexa, Google Home, Siri, uh, developing bespoke applications, very similar to the applications we've built on Messenger, but for the Alexa device or the, the Echo Dots. And then the third one being mixed reality, so augmented and virtual reality and creating those conversational experiences within digital avatars that can appear in your field of view in the room and answer the same questions as a messenger bot would. Right. I mean, just the just the voice one alone sounds like a huge opportunity. So you don't currently work in that mm-hmm. voice app responder segment, but I guess what you're saying is they're closely aligned. It, it's, you know, it's, a, it's an, an evolution for your business to go to. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's a natural progression based on how people engage with the hardware 
that they use to talk to businesses. So whether that's a phone, a Echo Dot, or an AR headset, we will build conversational apps where the market is, you know, utilizing those devices to speak to businesses. And I think voice is just the next frontier because it is a you know, frictionless way to ask questions. Typically, when the questions are very simple and you're, you're just wanting a one answer response or one word response, like what's the price of your weekly gym membership? You don't want to jump on to the website, go to the chatbot, type the question and then receive the response. You just want it you know, instantaneously through your headset or through your phone. So it's pretty exciting space to be in and to also watch as the market changes and evolves over time. Yeah, I, I must say in my house, the we've got Google Home on the kitchen bench and it's just, I've got a seven and a 10 year old and they just assume like it's just now that's just fact like if they've got a question they just ask google yeah. and every parent of kids around the same age has had the same experience which is you try and do homework around the kitchen table and then they just pipe up and say you know hey google what's seven times eight and you just no you can't and you're over there unplugging <laughs> google making them do the homework the right way but they're growing up in a world you know, Spooky. like they, they were babies yeah. when iPads came out and so they kind of got used to that and they understood that touchscreen side, but they're completely comfortable with voice bots and it just makes sense to them. So, you know, they will grow up in a world where this is just expected. So we're in a we're in an intergenerational, you know, switching point where yes, you know, older people like me need to learn and get comfortable with it. That's fine. But you know, if you're future proofing your business, there's a generation coming through who won't see any of these things as being anything out of the ordinary. So depends on how long you plan on running your business yep. for. I guess is to how far ahead you want to invest, but mm, it's an interesting mm, one. Yeah. I'm so if someone's listening to this and they're sort of thinking, oh, I'm not too sure whether I should, you know, whether should I be looking at bots? Am I missing something? Maybe I should explore it. Can you give any like a tip around what you kind of, you know, we spoke about the pain points, but how much of a pain point does that need to be? And and what are the kind of questions, like I guess screening questions you might ask somebody before they come to you? Because no doubt you have people who say, hey, I want you to build a bot and, and do all this. And you look and you go, oh, I think I'm solving a $50 problem here. So just, just keep answering. Right. Yep. Is, what, what kind of screening questions would you recommend that people put themselves through before they go off and pursue this idea of even running their own bot? For sure. The number one for us, whenever it's about customer service, is understanding the volume of questions that come through their page. So we try and benchmark a minimum of 50 questions a week over different types of topics and different complexities. Otherwise, it's it's just not a worthwhile investment on their end. They're not going to see the return that they were hoping for. Maybe if the business is looking to scale and take on some money and they're going to grow and expect a lot of volume over the course of the next couple of years, then putting these applications and structures in place to scale the business alongside the customer service channel, you know, it could be a worthwhile investment. And we, we are working with some startup e-commerce companies and, and retail stores who expect to, you know, be the, the largest player in their vertical very quickly and they want to invest in these things early. So it really depends on your appetite in terms of where you think your business is going to go and, and what type of volumes you can expect. And then in terms of marketing, you know, it's it's really a risk appetite. If you want to invest in a conversational tool to help sell a particular product or service, we have to test it. We have to see if it's going to work with your target demographic and throw some money at a Facebook ad and understand the response. So when it comes to marketing, I really recommend putting some budget down for that Facebook ad campaign and seeing whether or not it pays off. Because for us, a lot of it is experimentation as well. The industries and the different types of clients that we work with, it's the first time for us building a bot in this space, especially when it comes to marketing. These campaigns can be quite experimental and, and creative and outside of the scope of what people would traditionally see as a, as a channel to sell their product and services. So everything's an experiment at the moment. We're just measuring the results and then continuing to do what works well. 
Yeah. And look, I mean, I think that's true of all big marketing campaigns, right? There's a mm. creative element. So you might be putting together a quarter of a million dollar TV campaign, but you might spend twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars on the creative because you want to produce good video or hire good actors or you know, really good actors. You're going to spend fifty thousand just on those. So, you know, really what we're doing here is switching that budget out of the creative side and putting it into a bot and saying, well, this is going to be our content. This is the creative we're investing in and use those same kind of ratios that you might be used to. And yeah, I guess what you're saying, well, which makes sense is you're not going to spend $500 on media and $25,000 on creative, right? It's just, that's just not the way it works. Unless you think your bot's going to be so killer that it drives marketing in its <laughs> yeah. own, right? But I might actually make that my last question. Is, is there any, I'm keen to get an example of maybe a bot that you think has achieved some, it doesn't have to be one that you've built that's achieved some kind of marketing success. And then one of your bots that people can go have a look at. Sure. Put you on the spot there. Let's do your bot first. Yeah. What, what's one of your bots <laughs> that people can go have a look at first? Absolutely. Check out the Good Life Health Club's bot. That's a customer service bot as well as a little bit of sales baked in there with promotional offers and different types of packages that they can select sold in a conversationally engaging engaging way. And I think that is a use case for fitness because we work with the fitness and lifestyle group and they own a number of fitness brands. So we want to build that out as a shining example of best practice for fitness automation within Messenger. That was a wordful. So yeah, that's one of ours that you could check out. I think for me, my favorite bot on the market and has been around for maybe two years now, I believe one of the chat fuel, it's one of the chat fuel case studies is the ABC News bot. So it's essentially is this, is this a channel. Uh, Australian ABC or? Yeah, Australian yeah. ABC. Okay. Yeah. It's like an app for bite-sized news that you can stick into your Messenger. I guess, inbox and receive very, very short snippets of an overall news story or article. And then you've got a read more button, which will encourage you to view the full article online. But sometimes they'll actually have a see more or read more button that pushes more content in Messenger. So you can check out a video or, you know, maybe a short interview that will be delivered as a as an asset in Messenger. So you never have to leave Messenger as an application, which I think is really handy and is where news and content distribution will head towards is keeping people within the same app and keeping that user experience as tight as possible. Yeah. And that's just a general rule across all social media. You know that social media doesn't want you to leave. So, you know, it's yeah. what they do yeah. with their time, right? And even my last podcast was a bit of a rant about this idea that, you know, if you put something in Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter, they don't want you to leave. Stay in the ecosystem. Don't leave us alone. So it's going to be the same for Messenger. Absolutely. Yeah. That's great, Sean. So look, if people want to find out more about Bot Hello or you, follow you on social media, what, what are all the best digital links and places to find you guys? Sure thing. Probably check out our website, which is bot hello, B-O-T-H-E-L-L-O.io. And then through there, you can find our Instagram, Twitter, bot hello is the same across all the different social media handles. And then myself, just search my name on LinkedIn, be more than happy to have a call, chat, coffee, beer, whatever it is, and talk bots. That's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for that. You've given me, Sean, some homework to do now. I need to, <laughs> I need to work out this transition from chat messenger through into custom audiences and retargeting. And I've, I've said it now in a podcast, so I'm almost certain because the most robust audience of this podcast are people that I work with. So yeah, yeah. I know next, as soon as this goes live, I'm going to get some questions. So to those people, I don't know the answer yet, but I promise I'll try to figure it out. But Sean, thank you so much for your time. I've learned a heap. I'm sure everybody else has. So thanks so much. No worries, mate. Glad to be here. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope we were able to provide you with some great marketing ideas that'll really help your business. As always, if you'd like to support me and the show, just jump onto iTunes or wherever you're listening to this podcast and rate and review. 
Those reviews really make a difference and help me reach a broader audience. If you'd like to connect, the best way to find me, of course, is on LinkedIn, following me on social media, or just connecting. And if you've got ideas for future episodes or you're a marketer and you would like to appear in a future episode, just hit me up on LinkedIn as well. I'd be happy to have a chat. Thanks a lot. And I look forward to speaking with you next week.